Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations between me, Jessica Olber-Singleton, and Frank D'Amato, where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Feel This. We are so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here and happy to be here with you, the listener, and here with you, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy to be here too. Hi, Jess. Hi. I've never done that before and I could really feel it, like really feel the joy of being here in this space with everybody. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to the meditation to drop in a little bit. I think I'm used to doing that little introduction, hello, that you just did. And that I think that's been a ritual for me to drop in because <laughs> I notice, oh, I feel awkward. <laughs> <laughs> We're trading places for a second. (laughs) Shall we get started? Yes. Okay. Welcome, everyone. And we're going to get started with our usual grounding presence meditation. So wherever you're finding yourself here, Just bringing awareness to the breath. Bringing awareness to the senses, starting with vision. Bringing awareness to sound and hearing. Awareness to the experience of smell. And the experience of taste. And bring your awareness to the experience of touch and your sense of your body. And bring your awareness to the space around you, the sense of space, the space that you're in or the air around you, just feeling into that. It's really interesting to notice that when you bring awareness to the space around you, just notice what shifts inside you as you become aware of the space outside of you. And then you could also bring awareness to the space within, the space inside yourself. And so from within, you're aware of the space within you, checking in to your psychological self, the you that has pressed play on this podcast today. Asking yourself what's feeling really meaningful and alive to you in this moment in your life.
and noticing if what you're focused on, what it starts to come up around as meaningful and alive is highly focused on things outside of you. Or noticing what the shift might be like if that focus were more internal. The question that is coming to me right now that we could all meditate on is if there could be anything different on the inside of you, what might that be? If you would like something different on the inside of you, what might that shift be? And just take some time, just ask that question. You don't have to decide it or figure it out. Ask that question into the space within and just listen for the answer. Okay, so wherever you went on your little journey inside, taking a moment to acknowledge to yourself what you experienced, what you heard, what you learned. Hello to you, the listener. I hope even that little dive for you opened you up to something inside yourself. Maybe put a little light bulb on to something. Yeah. What's coming up? Yes. Oof, lots of things. I'm excited to be here. I had a kind of a bad day yesterday and it followed me a little bit into today. And I was able to ground myself and I had some awarenesses that I felt might be something to share here. So that's stirring in me. And then from our last kind of normal podcast, so the last time I recorded, we shared the modes of communication, and that's going to be a special podcast. But from the one before that, I had, this doesn't happen very often to where it sticks with me enough that I want to bring it back. But I had a, and I know I'm piling things on here. I'm just, this will be the last thing. Had some awarenesses around an interaction you and I had that felt not only might they like that they might be a rich to share here. A part of me says, okay, I could just tell Frank this anytime, but it felt like something really good for the podcast space. And it had to do with when we were talking about reciprocal vulnerability and how I received your response and what happened inside of me with that. And because I didn't realize it till after it felt like something interesting to bring back here. Yeah. So that's where I am. Well, that's fun. But let me just say before I even go into anything, we have a little choice moment here. But I do want to say, just as you started to go there and say, oh yeah, there was an interaction from the last, an interaction from the last podcast. And I noticed as you started to say that and you, you, that you had been reflecting on it, I noticed as you started to say that, I started to get a little nervous, a little, I know I was feeling nervous. Why do I know that? Because I started to feel my stomach tingle a little bit, almost like start to pull in contraction, a little fear. And the fear is, oh, did I do or say something wrong? <laughs> That's from a part, wrong or bad. And I know it's from a part of me because it's immediately moving into right and wrong. 
and it's something happened and then therefore wrong. So there's a little, just noticing the beginning of nervousness around that. And then I notice my, immediately after that, my facilitator steps in a little bit and is, oh, this is a really good moment. I didn't know if you're going to go into the content, but I thought it'd be really great to really pause, to go really slow for me and yeah. to model. If you're in a conversation where you're going to give someone some feedback of, ooh, something, we had a conversation and something didn't feel good. And I don't know if that's what you're going to say, but let's just take that for example. I really find it very helpful to go really slowly to even just check in with our nervous systems, even as we start the conversation before we even get into material. But Wendy and I do this a lot. Just, oh, how would it feel if we talked about this? What comes up for you? Just even mentioning <laughs> that I had something come up in our conversation yesterday. And before we even move into the content to really take some time to see if we can get our nervous systems into a calm state, just even before going into it will help a lot. So I thought, oh, it'd be great to just pause you if you were not going to pause to name and to process the anxiousness that was coming up in me before we even went there. Because if I'm feeling nervous, I'm already looking to perceive wrong. I've been shame, criticism, and then defensiveness, and they may move into that direction. And this is really human. And to give my nervous system a chance, if I'm going to listen to the content from that place, it's I'm even more likely to receive what you're saying that way. It may be misperceiving your, let's say you're just anxious about telling me something. I could be misperceiving that as anger or judgment, just because there's a certain tension in you. So if we if we can slow down and just like really pause, slow down. And if I could hear the content from neutral space, or maybe even a curious space, how the conversation goes is so much drastically different. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It reminds me of how that has naturally evolved. It's been a while, maybe since that's happened, but in our authentic connection groups that at one point, I guess about two or three years ago, I guess three years ago, I brought something to group and I said, this is a really big deal. And I feel really vulnerable. And like for maybe a couple of months when we would meet, we would talk about how we all felt about me bringing up whatever it was. I think I eventually talked about it, but it took maybe two months of right. meeting of, of groups to even get to saying what it was. And it was so eye-opening. I think oftentimes when we're feeling defensive or triggered in some way, the content becomes a distraction because we think that's the thing we're responding to. And yeah. what we're responding to is our sense of safety and connection and trust, trust in ourselves, trust in the other person. Yeah, I'm all on board on that. I do have another part that's really excited about the content, but not so much that it's, it's like, okay, I can go sit over here. <laughs> I can do it. Yeah, I love that. But as we talked through that, when I said, oh, it's something about something I said, I could tell that was like, no, that's not it. <laughs> that nothing was uh, wrong. Yeah, you said something might be wrong or something. Yeah. So my nervous system, just even having this conversation in the last 40 seconds of this little back and forth, I notice I feel totally relaxed and really curious about whatever you're going to bring. I, yeah, I feel ready for it. And I guess I would like to just, before we started today's podcast, we talked a little, which oftentimes we don't do. We just go straight into it. And one of the things we said was that, that in different ways that have been on both of our awarenesses, that we want to point out how what we're noticing in ourselves might be something someone can use in their lives. Yeah. And just how 
normal. And of course it is <laughs> that when someone says, can I, do you have some time later? I need to talk to you or something like that, that how we just immediately start to fill things in. And you gave an example, maybe last podcast about when the person was following you from a meeting to another location and how you were filling in what they might've been imagining. Yeah. Okay. So the content of reciprocal vulnerability, we ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. When I brought it up initially, I don't think I spent very much time really talking about what it was to me in any great depth. I named it in a vague context. And then your system lit up and got really excited about it and talked about how you saw it. And what happened for me, which I didn't really have a real sense of until afterward was I was so excited that you were excited. I was a resonant, like you got excited. And so I got excited that you were excited that I brought something that, that meant something to you that I lost in that conversation a little bit of what it was to me and being able to be more discerning would be the word that there was nothing wrong with anything that happened between us or anything you said, anything I said. It was more that I had this awareness that because I was so excited that I had brought something, some part of me says brought something of value to our conversation that I lost what I think would have been a really neat opportunity to look a little more closely at how you saw it and how I saw it and how those were actually somewhat different. Not that they were diametrically opposed, but that we were coming at this phrase, reciprocal vulnerability from a slightly different perspective and that there was a lot of potential richness in the difference. My system moved away from that and just moved toward Am I making some sense here? I think I'm probably starting to repeat myself. So I'm curious, yeah, what that brings up for you. Let's see. There's two levels. There's the content level and there's the emotional we space. So let me go to feelings first and go into the we space first. What I'm noticing inside myself is this sort of dance of, again, parts go. there's a part of me that's going, did I do something wrong? still as I'm listening. And it's less that I do something wrong. It's more like, is there something I need to adjust or... So it's about listening from that way. What is what is just communicating with something that I said or did bought understanding the last few podcasts, podcasts, this has been a development in your life here in the podcast space, which is you speaking your voice more and you saying what you think and believe. So this is in that realm, right? So there's just an energy of in me of listening, like leaning in, oh, this is, that's important. And there's a question, oh, did I step on your toes in some way? I guess that's the question. That's what my parts are listening for. It doesn't feel shameful. It just feels like they want to know. And they're listening to like here, okay, do we want to know? And there is a little bit almost going to the place of, oh, I'm too much. I'm bad. And that's an old shame narrative that I hold that I'm in some way I'm too much. And so that's like on the edge of coming in, but not, and it's mostly staying in like an open, curious space. So that's what's happening relationally. Do you want to respond to that? What comes up? I would, yeah, I would love to. It's interesting as you say it, 
I do have a very much like, oh, of course, that makes sense, this larger context. And, but it's also surprising to another part of me, the feeling. So I felt very warm and caring that you were wanting to create a safe space for me to speak and looking at how your system, the potential that your system might not be doing that felt really good. And then another part of me feels surprised because I think I always think that if anything has gone wrong, it's on me, (laughs) unless it's like real obvious. And so that was interesting because that's not even necessarily that's a reactionary part, a part that's, I carry the story that it's on me if something went wrong. And then between all of that, I can feel in me a sense of, because I carry that story that it's all on me, I think there are times when I could give maybe some more information to let the other person, to let you know, I am not seeing you as having done anything wrong here. But Mm -hmm. sometimes I say that from more of a codependent part, like I want the person to keep listening. So I want to let them know that I'm not going to attack them. So I'm noticing all of that in a feeling realm. Yeah. And I'm also like aware, as you say that, yeah, I didn't feel anything coming from you around it. It felt all like within myself. So that's an interesting thing to notice because I have a little sensor inside that is always on alert. How much is the person that I'm with youing me? And I'm putting you like the verb you like, oh, you. And yeah. there's a sensor in me that when I start to hear that youing coming towards me, the defenses go up as they should. That sensor is always there. It's always listening. That sensor feels incredibly safe with you. And I also don't hear anything like in you, even if. You were, you're really skilled, Jess, at taking responsibility for what you're happening in your consciousness. That's been my experience with you. Even when we're something I've done has triggered something in you, I've never really, yeah, I don't feel experience much of you in happening on that side. So just to say, I wasn't sensing that from you yet. There's a propensity in my parts, especially the more I care for someone, the more I care for someone, the more that person is important to me, the more my younger parts will lean in to try to hear it that way because they they feel that's the right thing to do that's how i show care that's the old way of showing care i'm going to take on shame and blame and say oh yes i did something wrong and i'm sorry without even knowing if it's true and <laughs> it doesn't really matter just noticing that dance and it, again for you, the listener, right, taking a moment here, this is really common uh, ways that our system engages when we're giving each other feedback. And I want to say, I want to put, make explicit what my assumptions are without, from my higher self, which is that there is no right or wrong. If something's happened, what, right or wrong is not important at all. In fact, it's completely theoretical. And it actually focusing on that is actually going to be incredibly problematic for the relationship. It's going to divide you. It's a perspective of division. It is a dualized perspective. And then once you start to apply it, pretty much you're going to follow that road of dividing. So either you're on my page and we both agree that I'm the bad party here, or you're the bad party here, whatever it is. And then if we get on that page together, then we can, then we can work on it. Rather, the assumption is that there is no such thing. We're just going to keep that off to the side. It doesn't matter. It's an, all that matters here is information about what you experienced and what I experienced and to be able to express to each other. So my goal in having repair type conversations, which this isn't, I don't think this is one, but 
my parts are one, oh wait, did I, do I need to, is it, right? Did I step on your toes? Did I cause an ouch in some way? That's the question that's happening. And my higher self, whether that is the case or not, I just want to listen. I want to be able to take in the information and just take it in without going to, there was someone who was right and someone who was wrong. That's immaterial. What's material is this, I said something happened and it brought up a feeling inside you that did or did not feel good. And then we wanted to get that information into the relational. Okay. I'll pause there. Yeah. Really good stuff. I wanted to, okay. Hold on feelings first. (laughs) That feels all that feels really good. There was a lot there. And so I'm like looking back over it and seeing if there's any specifics. I just really, I felt the clarity of you understanding your system. I have agreement in everything that you said theoretically and as an approach of it's nobody's fault. And yet I have parts that I can still blend with that do believe that and struggle with that. And so I was watching because I'm not blended with them right now. It was like trying to take some information back to them because they've been around lately, but they're not here right now. So that was one part that that was happening. And then I, as I often do, I had a little glitch in the system when you said, especially people I care a, a lot about. And I knew that was a really lovely and wonderful and good thing that you said. And yet my system wasn't able to take it in. So I just noticed that. And let's see. And I appreciated how, just how articulate you were. So I wanted to add one thing content wise, and then I'm open to what's next, which was the opposite of youing is I statements. And it doesn't mean that we can't mention the other person, but just as a like kind of a tool that I find really helpful is when I heard you say, fill in the blank, I felt, or I thought, or I, when I saw you do or not do fill in the blank. So it's not when you did this, it's when I experienced a thing. I felt or saw. So for anybody kind of wanting to be like, okay, if I don't, if I'm not going to use someone, what am I going to do instead? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'd like to return to the content. I had some thoughts about the content, but I forgot them. But yeah, I'd love to go back to the content of what you were processing. Yeah, cool. So what I remember, here's going to be some I statements that involve you. <laughs> demonstrate. What I remember is when I brought up reciprocal vulnerability, that what I heard you speak to was a particular dynamic sort of caught your attention as I experienced it, that you were saying when there's a relationship and one person is bringing vulnerability over and over again, that it's going to create a dynamic that during the podcast I described as a kind of parent-child relationship. And I have thoughts and questions about that, that I didn't have at the time. I heard you say it and I had my understanding of what that meant. So we're going to set that just to one side. And what I, okay, I'm not sure. So right now, then there's a part of me that wants to bring in the difference of a kind of, oh, I realized I didn't necessarily communicate what it meant to me. I got really caught up in what it meant to you, but I didn't necessarily describe in much detail what it meant to me. And this is related to that larger story we've been exploring of how I bring Mm -hmm. myself into this space and me wanting to really take ownership for my ideas and my thoughts and my contributions. And that was a moment when 
I lost that a little bit. So it's like in a, a way that feels really good, I'm turning myself in and practicing the thing I'm here to right now that's I'm working on practicing. Yep. That totally makes sense to me. I can, yeah, now that I guess how I'm receiving you and what you just shared is in a sense of clarity and it seems really, I guess, not particularly relational in terms of, I could see how my excitement, but it just, yeah, it, you're shrugging right now. So yeah, I don't think there's anything you could have done any differently if that's what you mean by relationally. I think so. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there was any kind of ouch or anything of stepping on toes or anything like that. I don't hear anything like that. I did hear there was a relational event, meaning you brought an idea that you didn't have the precise words for, or you didn't get a chance to get to that place of putting your precise wording on it. And then I got excited and said some things. And then I can notice, you noticed in yourself, and it, it rings true of my perception of you of, oh, like just happy that I was excited. Like you said, oh, I brought something of value. And then the precision of what it meant to you was less important to the parts than, oh, great, Frank's excited, let him say, and then we'll just bounce off of what he's saying. And then after the fact, you going back and going, oh, that wasn't, it was close, but different. And then you in a kind of higher self mode, oh, this is bringing back some content that I got excited about when you were talking about, there's something really valuable in the difference. And there was an opportunity missed there. And I wanted to relate to that at the meta level of that idea, which was like, when you said that sparked an energy me. One of my talents is the ability to look at, say, different therapy models. And I can look at those models and what my mind does very naturally is go, how are they the same? How is IFS and ADP or folk? I can name five models. How are they the same? How do they, where do they dovetail? And then where are they different? And looking at those two, just looking at those places and being curious about those two realms, how are they the same in what ways? And then how are they different? How are they very different? How are they slightly different? And there is so much value in that, it's that process of combining different concepts or perspectives, combining perspectives and seeing how they're the same and seeing how they're different. Just doing that in and of itself seems to be like this generative energy that I have found pathways through. Like when I'm able to do that, all of a sudden I find a, it's just very natural that I find a way of being through those. Yeah, that's really exciting. I write at this last bit of what you were speaking to. I think that's a big part of how I look at and approach personality systems. So if I meet someone and I'm getting to know them, which getting to know them is a way of getting to know myself because I see everybody as a mirror, but it's like, what am I going to see that's new? What am I going to see that's familiar? And I'll think, I wonder what their Enneagram number is. I wonder what their Myers-Briggs is. I wonder what their astrology. And when I learn those systems, it's the same thing. And it feels it like somehow in having my eggs in lots of baskets, I'm going to start to lean in. I'm going to start to discern bigger truths in a sense of my own philosophy to go back just a little bit into what you said how that applies here, I would like to develop more awareness around 
I love examining, being with, noting the differences between, especially with someone I feel safe with, which I of course do here, how you see this, how I see this, that's super exciting to me. And yet there was a default that came through in my system that, which I know has a lot to do with my family of origin and my stories that I hold where I would keep myself safe by disappearing into someone else's ideas and what they were excited about. I would grab that and run with it as a way of feeling more positive feelings. I'm feeling really excited that I brought it back, feeling good, feeling like this is something that is important to me. And hopefully the listeners out there will also identify with this or know someone in their life is always asking them questions, or you can fall on one side or the other of this potentially. I don't know if we'll get into looking at the differences in the content. I would love that. And I'm also aware that like, you never even really checked in (laughs) as often happens. So that's what I'm aware of in my system. So I have in my mind, like a little chalkboard or (laughs) whiteboard, Mm -hmm. one of which is the content around you talking about reciprocal vulnerability and going into a little bit more detail about what it means to you and exploring that to, I, when you said I defaulted to this mode of being in terms of around agreement and that comes from your family. And I, when you just said default, there was a separate topic around what we default to in relationship and looking at that, cause I was noticing some things in myself that I was defaulting to just today, right? Oh, what's my default? When in doubt, default to, I have to be listening. When I'm in doubt, I'm just going to focus on the other and listen. So I can, then it's probably similar to yours in some way. That's one of them. So that's, Two, defaulting. (laughs) It's like a whole separate branch off topic. And then three, my check-in, which let's do that and then see where to go from there. Okay. The word in the meditation, and that's coming up for me today, broadly as I was sitting with my system, and I was feeling some feeling of discontent, like that feeling of having an itch, but you can't quite reach it. And I, I kept sitting with, what is it? What is the, what is that? What is it that my system's looking for? And I got a lot of clarity around the word recognition. My parts want to be recognized and what in lots of realms that have parts that are looking for that. And it's very clearly this situation where the cat the dog's chasing its tail like it's a thing you can't ever get even if you get you get it for a moment and then you got to get it again and i was able to recognize very clearly oh this is the fundamental error these parts are making the fundamental error to me is looking outside oneself to change an internal emotional state so my parts are thinking oh if i get some outer recognition for whatever it is i do or am then i will feel differently and I'm very clear, like that's not, that's not possible. Right? They can't get that in a sustained way. And then understanding that comes from a wounded place inside myself. I can easily see that the young child in me who wasn't recon- didn't feel recognized when he was young, still looking for that and needing that as an experience from the inside, not from the outside. So I could see that very clearly. So that was coming up in me. And that was the question when I asked, what would they change? And they were like, we would stop wanting recognition, right? Like we would stop seeking that from the outside. And there's a complete clarity in me about, oh, how to do, how to go on that path, which is to 
attend to those parts of me emotionally and follow back the root of where they feeling not recognized, like what's feeling not recognized. And for me to really see it and recognize it very deeply. And that takes a lot of time and presence and that takes dedication to let the noise in one's head step aside and move towards that, like a kind of like a honing pigeon is not the right word. I'm beacon. Like, a beacon. Yes. Yeah. And you have to keep going towards that beacon. And like the storm is there and the storm is life demands all kinds of things that other things are telling and, and that beacon can get really lost, but you're going to have to keep focusing on that beacon. And for me, focusing on that beacon, I'm taking this to a meta level for all the listeners. For me, focusing on that beacon works out to going into a ther therapy practitioner as a client and moving towards those beacons in that space. And then every morning, you know, I set aside a half hour where I just sit inside myself and listen. And what I'm trying to do is trying to move towards that beacon. And there may be a few different ones, but that's a strong one. And just keep moving towards it and keep bringing the light and attention towards that. All the parts that are going, okay, if we get a certain number of followers on Instagram, or if we get someone says, if we get a show somewhere or something, that's where it's going to be. And so no, that's not where it's going to be. You'll get it for a moment there, but that's not where it's going to be. And going, let's go to the, where the beacon is keep moving towards that light. Well, thank you. It's, I, it's bringing up for me as you're sharing that, as I often do before I start the podcast, because and maybe one day I'll talk about this in more just general detail. I'll pull cards, like I'll pull tarot cards or these other cards that I have just to, I don't know, it's there's something grounding about it and it brings me into myself. And the first card that I pulled really represents to me the energy you're talking about that I find so helpful. So if anybody wants to look this image up, it's the queen of pentacles from the Smith Rider weight deck. And it shows a woman, a queen sitting in her throne and she's holding this pentacle. Well, to, to me, what that really is that she represents the nurturing part of self. And the pentacle to me is the part that needs that nurturing. And so I think of it as her looking down and like holding an infant or holding a young child. And that's been such a helpful image and energy that I've been cultivating in myself is how to mother myself, how to just turn my attention back to the thing that's wanting attention. And I'm not hearing you talking about the mothering necessarily, but that sense of the beacon, the attention, the mm -hmm. uh, being with it, even as everything is pulling us this way and that, and the noise of life. So, mm. uh, yeah. It does feel like a mothering. I feel, so we, we can talk about this in terms of yin and yang, the mothering and the yin space of nurturance holding. And then there can also be a young masculine supportive energy as well. Yeah, there there is definitely a kind of holding of that and moving towards that beacon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So I had some other more content thoughts related to something I've been observing in you that I've been curious about, and I'm wondering if it would feel okay for me to share it. And yeah. Okay. So what I sometimes do, it's like a really, for, for me, it can be a really helpful way of accessing perspective when I'm 
working with something like that in myself is I look at where I see this showing up and where I see its opposite potentially showing up. And what struck me as you were talking was something I've been wondering about for you or that I see you doing maybe that I'm not sure you can take that as you want, but in relation to the modes of communication, I feel like what I tell myself is that I have brought the idea of talking about it in the podcast many times. And that at one point, I don't know if it was on the podcast or just a conversation you and I had, that something in you shies away maybe from sharing that as something you created, right? The part about you. And so it's so fascinating to me. And I don't even know that I have this quote unquote figured out, but I feel like there's something here that to me is an area that I see you almost denying yourself the recognition that you deserve. So I feel like many times it's, I want to say, can we talk about this? This is so valuable. And then the launch happened and we got all this feedback that people were like, oh my gosh, this is life-changing information. And I'm like, can we talk about it now? Can we? And then we did, and we finally talked about it, but I'm wondering, I don't know what comes up for you a more an emotional or responsive place when that content is brought forward in relation to this part of you that wants recognition. It's interesting. I think I have, let me take a minute with it. I feel there's some a little low energy of discomfort within me around it, which is interesting being that, like you said, some parts are looking for some type of recognition. What comes up for me is there's a part of me saying, I didn't come up with it. I combined it. And I, so let me yeah. be transparent. I read in a book, someone breaking it down. I believe they broke down. It's been a long time. I read it basically once, but I believe they broke down the first four. They didn't have names to them. I believe they talked about chit chat. They didn't say chit chat, it chat. They just talked about there's one where you're you know, making small talk. And then there's one where you're talking about the subject. And then when there's one that's talking about you and there's one that's talking about the relationship, I believe. And that was really helpful, but they didn't talk about now as its own thing. So what I did was really get into understand them. I clarified them very deeply for myself. I probably altered some things a little bit. And then I added now chat and I put those names on them, it chat. Chit chat, it chat, me chat, we chat, now chat, and the chat that, that they didn't have any. So it was taking something that someone else had fleshed out, and I don't know where they got it from. They might have borrowed it themselves, but I fleshed it out and put those terms on that. And that's what I did. So there's a little bit of not wanting to take credit for something that I didn't do from scratch, but who does whatever from scratch, right? Like, for sure. <laughs> that's not how creative process works. So that's one of the hesitations in me. I did kind of, I took something and I altered it and that in a way that is unique to me. And then also applying it in a way that's unique to me and what I'm doing and groups. Yes. Yeah. Th this was nothing to do with groups. This had nothing to do with what I was reading, but it was just content about those things. So I've taken it, applied it into groups and individual relationships and as a way to just process. And I'm thinking about, even as we're talking now, like it's really helpful hand help holders to go oh, okay now we're in it chat uh, in a moment ago we we're in it chat 
and this is the particular it chat and we can look at which different we can shift the it one it might be reciprocal vulnerability another it would be uh, other i brought something else up about i have another meta level conversation about i forgot the topic i forgot the it but there was another it and then we always have the option of oh what's happening between you and i and go into the we or what does this mean to you about the oh yeah that was the other it the default modes the default ways of being the way the parts default in relationship that's another it we can go into but then in within all of that we can branch off into what's happening in the now and i'm always tracking that what's happening in this moment right now and what's happening in the we right now or in general in time so i'm always having that map go off in my head okay so moving back to the it chat of what is it or maybe the me chat of what is it like for you frank around recognition around this now so having said all that let me take an, let me just take a moment in the now and see what i'm experiencing in the now and this is what i'm doing right now is probably super important and really unusual the process of wait what rather than staying in the content and staying in the ideas to put that on pause and just check in with oneself in the moment we usually don't afford ourselves this ability and it's probably one of the most important things we could do for ourselves our mental health for our own inner connection and connection with others And I'm bringing my focus inside myself and I'm bringing that word in like recognition. And it's almost like a young, like striking the bell. Okay, I'm going to say recognition and then I'm going to listen to what happens inside myself. Asking how do I, a little bit of what your question was, how do I feel right now around recognition having said what I just said? And there is a sense, as I'm feeling into it, there is a sense of more satisfaction that right? like i don't feel in this moment a sense of not having right right now i feel oh there is more of a sense of that that itch doesn't feel itchy right now <laughs> it feels settled and there was something about that process of just naming very clearly like this is what i did do this is what i did not do and i can take quote unquote credit, which is a funny thing. I think we've talked about that before too, but I could allow my own system to recognize within myself. And again, this is, it's coming from self-recognition, right? Yeah. This is happening in a dialogue, a dyadic process between us, but the moment that's happening right now is my self-recognizing and being able to say clearly what I quote unquote did and just to be with that. And it's so interesting in this moment, what's becoming really clear to me, it's almost like uh, <laughs> A and B, like the vision of A is the recognition that I'm experiencing in the now, and B is the recognition that the parts are going after. And the recognition of the now that I'm experiencing now is like me saying what I did and did not do, me taking that in, me being aware of you and our relationship as this is unfolding in the now, that's A, which feels deeply satisfying. B is the image that the parts chase, which has everything to do with outside, which is about, I don't know, whatever the parts decide is a external measurement of recognition. 
like followers on an Instagram, how an award maybe, someone else saying Frank does, but that is the thing that kind of like, it slips through your fingers, right? Like I said earlier, oh, even as I imagine someone else saying, oh, Frank does all this great work. Oh, that's so great in the moment. And as soon as that's gone, the feeling is gone too. That's B. And then A is what's happening now, which is this more sense of calm and settledness. Okay, leave that there and see what's coming up in you. Yeah, what you were describing, the A and the B is something I've never found entirely satisfactory terms for, but I think it's so important. One of the terms I've come up with that's not quite perfect is that A is food that is actually nourishing you and B is like junk food. There's a feeling of, I want more and more, but it's not really giving me somehow the thing that my system is needing. And also that in this case, A was the idea of the queen of pentacles holding the infant. You were within your own system seeing and witnessing and in B there's a sense of if I can get enough of it from outside of me maybe it will feel better which which never really works which sometimes I call the black hole like we all have these places that we think eh, it's outside of us and it's not witnessing you share all that felt really felt it felt nourishing to me it felt like a privilege to, to witness. And I felt glad for the listeners and hope that they get some glimmer of something for themselves, or maybe a lot, maybe a whole lot from themselves for themselves. And I noticed within myself as I was witnessing and just quietly, there wasn't a lot for me to quote, do as you were doing that and being with the parts of me that want to quote unquote, be helpful or want to have been the ones to, they want to have credit. They want to be like, we brought that up and it helped, or we brought that up and it didn't help. And all the sort of feeling, it, it did help as it turned out, but the parts they want to be a, the nourishing food, the thing that happens within your own system, when in fact, what I know to be true is, well, not to be true, but that in that moment, I was simply holding space. I don't know what I was doing, but parts of me, they wanted to know what I was doing. They wanted to know how I had contributed. I was watching this inner feeling of how did I make this happen? How was I in control rather than being in the sort of mystery of whatever was happening for you and just sitting back and being in gratitude that I could be witness to whatever the mystery was that was unfolding in you during that time. That, yeah. So I'm having an interesting experience, which is I have the experience of wanting something for you. <laughs> so that's a, this is an interesting, such a great moment because this is a universal moment, right? Like we all have the moment of wanting something for someone else. And it's always a place of, I go really slowly with that. I take great care with that because it's such an, it's such a hallmark of when I'm projecting something onto someone else and it could feel very well intentioned but could also can often land not that way so i want to engage with it and also be aware of it at another level of the experience of wanting something for someone else the want for you in this moment was for you to have the same experience that i just had which is the felt sense of recognition for what you brought now, my impulse 
is to tell you what I see. And I heard it in what you said, the two things. So anyway, let's see. I want that you to have that experience. I have some parts that want to be helpful around that, but I want to pause before actually and just see how you're responding to that. And I think what I'm in my facilitator mind is important is their consent. Is that something you want? And I think that's a big part of if we want something for someone else or we want to help someone else or whatever, I think the important moment is checking in, wait, do you even want that? What do you want? What do you see? Rather than just yeah, bulldozing my helpfulness across you. Yeah. Which is what I did for you. I said, I have this awareness around this sort of theme of recognition that I've been having as I've been observing you and the modes of communication. Can I share that with you? So I asked you because in that moment, even though part of me was like in the background going, I hope I can be helpful right now. It wasn't the primary experience I was having. So what I'm aware of right now in what you're offering me is that I know it's true that I had some part to play in what just happened, but I don't have clarity like you do with the modes of communication of this was mine and this wasn't mine. I don't know which parts of what just occurred. Like I don't have the inner clarity, which is I feel like what you're offering me, a sense of like how you saw. So part of me is, yeah, I feel really open to hearing I don't even know exactly what you're going to share, but part of me is maybe it would help me have some clarity to see. And of course, part of me is also the listener might be able to see that really clearly. Oh, this was the part that Jessica offered that then brought up the part that Frank, then that was his part. So I'm not sure as I'm sharing all that feeling wise, I have a part that feels not real strongly about this. It's, yeah, we could do this or not. And it is a negotiating with this other part of me that's, we really want to share what we think about reciprocal vulnerability. That's the other subject. So that's where I am. And if you feel like it's like short and simple or straightforward or clear or something like I'm open to it and I'm also open to going back to reciprocal vulnerability. Yeah, I my felt sense is, yeah, I could say real short and clear and it's just feeding back what you were saying and we can probably take a beat with it and then move on to reciprocal vulnerability. Cool. Sounds good. So let's see. Yeah. One, you're, you're bringing the question forward. Your whole, everything about you and who you are is we can start a, you can like work with the pyramid, right? And like the base level of the pyramid, like we are here in this podcast because of who you are, right? This moment in part, 50% of why we're here is because of you, Jess, and all that you bring and all that you are and everything in our relationship that's the trust and the buildup of everything of who you are has led to this moment. So those basic layers of the pyramid, right? Like who you are as a person who is looking and that's why you even met me. And then you can build on layers, each layer. And then now we're doing this podcast because of who part of who you are and your articulation and your curiosity. And you can build all those layers. And then you get to the top layers of today, you having the curiosity, the insight, you see something, you saw that in me, you saw you saw this thing about recognition. You see what's happening with me. It's part of who you are has been like walking on this path with me and you're perceiving, right? So now we're moving all these top layers on the pyramid. 
And then the ability to ask and ask permission, all these things that you did. And then there's all the things you did not do that also allow that to happen, all the spaciousness. So after you set that up and ask the question, and then there was, you're sitting with yourself and listening and you're giving me lots of space. You're not interrupting. You're literally staying in your own experience and you were processing while I was talking. All of that energy is feeding into my ability to have the space to do my own self-recognition that I can, I don't want to, I could, this could branch off into a whole other interesting conversation about how we self-regulate when we're self-regulating, it allows the people that we're with the space to, to regulate themselves as well. And so even when I'm doing quote unquote, nothing, if I'm just being with myself and being self-aware, self-responsive and connected to myself, it has a direct impact on the people around us, even though it looks like nothing's happening. So that's what I see. And that's tremendous integral to all of what unfolded. Thank you. Yeah. So that feels very clear. It brings up the feeling of a little bit of overwhelm of, oh my goodness. Ah. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's a lot. So there was that, that I was receiving like a, can I actually take in maybe like a really either a cold or a warm bath. There was something about it that was like very, a lot, very rich, very intense feeling at a certain level. And then what I noticed myself doing, even as I was really hearing you and saying, okay, that's a lot, it's good. That's something I'm working on, like bringing into balance in my system. Maybe <laughs> I'm just having this funny thought. You and I are going to work through our stuff about recognition and we're going to stop making the podcast. <laughs> just kidding. So, so I have stuff about recognition too. wonder what flavor wanting being curious. And then I thought that I could do the same thing for you around the modes of communication. I could add some layers as I see them as the very unique aspects that I see you bringing to that and that it wouldn't have been maybe possible. There's just so much of you in that. So that felt really, it helped me hold what you were offering me a little bit, a little more easily. And then I thought, oh my gosh, every listener here, it's true for all of us. It's almost overwhelming to think of all the particularities that make everything happen. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. All right. Shall we shift or did you have something you want to? Like we can go into the now, what that felt like for me. We can go into the we of what's happening between you and I as we have this or, or me inside me in the me of me chat, we chat. But I'd really like to go back to the it of the reciprocal vulnerability. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because that does actually feel like the for me, maybe the more challenging direction, like all that other stuff feels like it's less scary. Not that this feels that scary, but there is something about the process of turning in toward my thoughts, opinions, the way my brain works in a way that isn't necessarily focused and clear that I'm about to give you something. And I am about to give you and the audience some ideas, but 
when I can't, when the, my parts can't really clearly see the way that I am helping, <laughs> it's a little harder. So what I wanted to share about my perspective of reciprocal vulnerability, is the main thing that came up for me is that a given relationship only goes as deeply as either person is willing to be vulnerable. So I say some, maybe I'm getting to know someone and I say something a little bit vulnerable. It is an opening for them to meet me in that place. And then we meet there and we create the safety needed to go a little deeper. And then we meet there and we, and if one of us, whenever, because ultimately we always, and I think in every relationship meet this point where one person says that's as deep as I can go right now. And that's as deep as the relationship goes. That's in some ways the limiting factor, but simply put, that's how I was seeing the concept of reciprocal vulnerability, which felt a little bit different than how I was hearing you define it. It may not actually be, but that's how I perceived it. Yeah. So what I'm experiencing, and I'm really glad we did the, I'm really glad we did the modes of communication because I, it feels really nice to be able to name them as I'm processing. What I was really paying attention to as I was listening to you was me, was what the me chat, oh, what, what was happening? I started to become very curious about how I responded so excitedly last time and almost out of that excitement, missed a lot of the depth of what you just brought here today. I yeah. don't know that I ever said any of that. No, exactly. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. And, and in part because, and I'm not saying this in any shame way. So I'm now in the mode of being really curious about what it is in me that, and I feel like it has to do with this urge to agree. Anyway, let me take a moment here. Mm -hmm. Okay, if we shifted... A little bit into me chat, you having said that, because that's what's authentically coming up in me is like a reflection on me and it's we, right? It's what, how I responded in the last podcast to that. And you didn't get to say all that, but as you just named the beginning of reciprocal vulnerability. And what I was sitting with this time was like, oh, what I experienced inside myself is some energy that really wants, my default is to look to align with what you're saying, find something that feels similar to me and then be, oh my God, oh, I know what you're talking about. I like, even though I don't, you know, exactly. I have a flavor of it. And I found a, was that almost like a part of me found a matching pattern and put it next to yours and said, oh yeah, this is what I see. And they were really excited about the, what they had found, but it wasn't exactly related, but it, I'm seeing now what you're bringing, there's a lot of depth to this idea of like iterative dropping down where one person goes to a vulnerability and then the other person can too. And then if they hit a place where the other person can't, then there's a kind of limiting factor there. So I'm holding, I'm aware of that. And I started to get really curious about, there's a vulnerability and a tenderness in me around where that is in me and comes from in me. And it feels, there was some memories of different experiences where I've maybe 
if I'm at a conference or something, and those excited parts will jump up there too. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And they miss things or they have a stronger energy and they miss the heart of things. So now I'm more, just having more space from that. I can see it. And I'm beginning to get more depth of curiosity towards you, towards what this means to you. I'm curious about how you see this reciprocal vulnerability showing up in your life. This, like, this is coming forward for you. How come? What does it mean to you? When right. Showing up, yeah. Or not showing up. Or how does this perspective, it's another question. These are just a bunch of questions that are popping in my mind. How does this perspective, naming this as a thing, reciprocal vulnerability, this iterative process of uh, one aspect of it that you can only go so deep as the person that you can meet there? What does that add to your perspective to be able to name it that way? What does it mean to you? It's a general open question, but yeah. Yeah. So just a quick response that I really resonate with the part. I have my version of these parts that get so excited. They miss what the other person might actually be saying and just run, run with the excitement that shows up in my system and related to reciprocal vulnerability. The two things that swirl around in my system, one is and I notice this in our group setting a lot that I can be somewhat effortful in creating safety. When I see myself wanting something from someone else, wanting them to speak to something that they're struggling with or be vulnerable, I'm wanting them to be vulnerable, that what I have decided to put my energy into is being vulnerable because I don't have control over them. And so I, I see it as like an invitation of wanting that within the relational space. And so when I can't quote unquote control them, then I bring my vulnerability. And I think that I'm sure there's some, some family of origin. How could there not be related to if I can't get you, the other person to be or do what I'm wanting or needing, then it's on me. So that's what kind of comes up is it's this this sense of trying to create the thing that I'm wanting, but knowing that I can't do their side of it, like I can only do my side of it. So yeah, does that or bring up anything? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm relating to it. What I am connecting to is around wanting. I said this earlier, I want something for you. And I talked about how I the approach around what happens inside myself when I want something for someone else and how that's always a little like alarm is a strong word, but there's something in my consciousness that wants to be like really careful about that because that's where oftentimes the train goes off the tracks. And what I was realizing as you were talking about it, if I can discern even more deeply what where the train goes off the tracks, it's in the covert. It's when I want something from you, but I'm not really saying I want it from you. I'm just trying to get it out of you. So I want you to just have that experience. So take the example of before, I want you to have recognition. So instead of naming that I want you to have recognition, I start to do things to try to get you to have that recognition. So I haven't asked for permission, right? Oh, do you want to have recognition? I want to help you with that. Do you want my support and help on that? So I haven't asked for permission and I haven't even named that I want that for you. I'm just starting to do it right? Look at it this way. Or don't you see that 
you did this and that because, and I want something for you and I'm not asking your permission and I'm not even naming that I really want it at all. So it's, then you're in the position of like, why are you, I could feel you pushing, but I don't know why and your nervous system might start to get constricted. And then you could start to actually have a quote unquote fight around that. The one that's coming really clear to me is it's not about the want. It's about how I approach that want. And I had this flip. There was this one, another, in an authentic connection group that I'm a peer in, there was someone that I had a very clear want. I wanted them to do something different with the way they were behaving in their relationship. And I clearly know, like, it's none of my business what they do in their relationship, but I had a very clear want. It was very real to me. And I just laid it out. Like I have, what I just said was I have this really clear want and I, if it's okay with you, I want to name what my want is. And I want you to know ahead of time that I know no matter what my want is, whatever you do is exactly what is right for you and you need to do. But this is what I want. I want this. And I want you to hear, and I have the part that wants to speak directly to you. And if you're open to it, and he gave me permission. And this part wanted this person to move towards this relationship in his life. You love this person, move towards them. You love them. Stop, blah, 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 blah. Stop avoiding what's really alive for you. It wasn't the wanting that was the problem. It's the how we go about that and how we own it or not. And so for me, it was consent by asking permission to say, is it okay to hear from this? And to name it as a clear, this is something I want. And also to know this doesn't mean that it's right. It's just something that's true in me. So that was starting to come more clear as I was reflecting on as you were talking about that in group process about your wants and how you were approaching that, it's a little deviated branch. It wasn't exactly on the it topic, but that's what was happening inside me. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. In me, it was a helpful example because I could feel in your example that even though that other person might've been perceived by you to the word that comes to me, it's more of a visual word is to be stuck. <laughs> they weren't moving in the way you wanted them to move in their life. And that what I felt in your description, in your example, was that didn't keep you from moving. And in my sort of definition example of what reciprocal vulnerability is, it's like, it's as if I have a shovel and you have a shovel and the well can only be as deep as I dig one you dig one and I dig one and you dig one. And that if you stop digging, I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck. I'm stuck there. And so I get a lot of curiosity around how that shows up in my life. I can see places where it shows up in my life, but what I can't see is having the awareness that you just described. There's something stuck in me around just being able to say so plainly, I want this thing for you. I know I don't have any say so over it. And that being you, as I'm imagining it, imagining myself into your space there in the story, suddenly finding your movement again, right? Like it's not like something in you stops waiting on them to do the thing you want them to do. And I see it and I don't necessarily. I don't have, and I'm spending a moment with this because it feels like this is how we learn. Sometimes we see it somewhere else and we cannot see it in our own life. It's not that I can't see where I need it, but I can't imagine yet the sudden realization of 
how, oh, I have a choice here. And this is what that choice looks like. And now I'm going to say this or do this. And suddenly I'm going to have a sense of movement. I'm not going to feel stuck. I don't see that yet. Yeah. I think you often highlight, and you're doing it right now, the importance of movement and not feeling stuck that, which, and I noticed that because I agree with that. It, it is really important. And as you reflect it back, it's, yeah, that's right. Like I've had that experience and rather than being bottled up with all these frustrated wanting for someone else, I was able to create a space where I can speak it. I don't have any problem with speaking. There was enough trust in the relationship that, like I said, I, I could say, do you, I trust whatever you do, it's fine. And I'm really damn frustrated with this. And then once I say it and I could hear their response, however it is, it's fine. My stuckness was around the energy that I was holding. And then once I was able to release it and let it go, and then of course, then everything else in me kicks into just trusting the Tao, trusting the universe. I've just put my true energy out and then it's gone. It's not mine anymore. It's theirs. He, whatever that person did with it and does with it is him. And I'm free now to move on to the next thing because it was my work was speaking to it and I did it and I'm good. And now I'm moving on to the next thing. So you highlighting that as the kind of stuckness point, that really is so much of authentic connection for me. And now chat is really moving beyond those stuck points by putting what's happening in the now into words. And with a little bit of being able to create safety around it, I'm no longer stuck with it. I can move on. I could point out many of the different things we've talked about as examples of the, even the empathetic communication. That's another thing we've talked about in the past where, you know, if I don't feel like I could express something to actually do a creative imagining of the expression and the reception. And the whole thing is so that I'm not stuck with that energy. Like I feel, oh, I'm moving through this, I'm not in this place of, oh, I'm stuck and I can't figure out how to do it. And yeah, so I'll stop there. Yeah. The word that we haven't said, but feels very, very here is the word flow. We talk about flow a lot. And so this is how we find flow, but more in the realm of relationship, which of course, all conflict is internal conflict. And you said you felt safe with him. And then I wondered what was happening inside of you before you even checked in your own system, am I safe with him? And I got curious about my own system, about my sense of safety within myself of when, what am I telling myself about why I'm not saying something or not even letting my awareness be aware that I want to say something where there's a lack of flow. Where did things get backed up? <laughs> where in the system, what are even the different thresholds, right? Of moving through the system to the point of going, am I safe enough to tell this person this thing that I'm aware of and know I can put words to? That seems like the last gate. There's a bunch of gates before that, that I'm really curious about in my own system of where things tend to get stuck before I can even necessarily be aware and then put words and then share. I'm aware of the time. I'm aware yep. of the, oh, rather infinite pathways of, of such the richness of what you just shared and where I was, but we do have the Kronos time. Yeah. So let's take a moment here and connect to ourselves once again. You, just me, and also you, the listener, taking a moment to just take in your experience of the podcast today. 
the experience of yourself within this space that we share together. What came alive for you? Maybe any experiences or even concepts that illuminated something, maybe something new inside your own consciousness got illuminated. And there may be parts and thoughts that have feelings around what got illuminated. I'm just taking some time with that. And Jess and I would love to hear from you what did get illuminated. You can always write me uh, on Twitter at Compassion Coach if you want to write me there. And I'll, I will bring that to the podcast space and bring that to Jess, anything that is shared. Okay. Jess, any, what's anything closing for you? Yeah. What is coming up on top for me is that considering that yesterday and even this morning, I was in a fairly constricted space. And sometimes I've gotten stuck there coming into the podcast space that I had the spaciousness in my system to turn toward a more self-led part that feels really authentic and real. Doesn't feel like I turned away from, but rather that I had space in my system to really be here and bring myself. And that felt really good. Yeah, it felt, yeah. The, all the content today of the experience and the content felt really good today. I really enjoyed the dive. Yeah. So I look forward to being with all of you again next week here. Me too. See you soon. Bye.